0: Hi everyone, welcome in, great to see you. It feels like it's Lenny Fontana's neighborhood. Each and every week we do it, you know what I'm saying? One better than the other. And here we are today, before I get started on the True House Stories invitation to all of you, I have to make this announcement because I know a lot of you are probably wondering, we were supposed to have Mr. Craig Bartlett today, Love America. Next to him is a wonderful man, as you all know, David Banks, A.K.A. DJ Disciple. Unfortunately, today we're going to be talking about the 25th anniversary and the birthday year of Craig Bartlett, and he had an emergency and he had to bow out. And trust me, it's not something he really wanted to do, but. We all understand, and we also will rebook him because we do love Craig Bartlett from Cardiff, Wales, and La America. So welcome to True House Stories. I am Lenny Fontana, and today we got a special by-demand guest. I called out to someone who has been in this game a long, long time and now is a book writer, and I'm holding his book, okay? It's pretty pretty amazing. We got a book here. We're going to be talking. I'm going to be bringing them up in a second. And he decided when COVID hit that a lot of these stories needed to be told, especially his story, starting from apartment houses in Farragut in Brooklyn, and those that know that's in the Red Hook area, to how he crossed the ocean and everything in between, helping a lot of people launched careers because of his radio shows and his record releases and all that. And today, as I showed you before, this book is by Disciple. And he impressed me because he sent me the manuscript early and asked what I thought about it. And it's very well written. It's a part of a story where there's a lot of things missing in New York. You know, everybody talks about the famous church, Paradise Garage. And I say church because Larry LeVar would hold Saturday night to Sunday morning mass in there and he would do it his way. And when that closed, there was a a void in New York that happened. And there was a lot of things that were going on and a younger audience was coming up and people were looking for new places to go. And Disciple, through his recollections, Puts it all down and gives us through his eyes what went down. So, I'm going to hold this book aside for a second, <laughs> and I'm going to bring up the man himself, DJ Disciple. Welcome to True House Stories again. One of our alumni. Thank
1: yes. you so much, Johnny, for having me. I appreciate you, my brother. Thank you Thanks, so much.
0: Thank you, brother man. And and it's also already. Let me show you. Right, just keep looking at it. Amazon has already made it a very important piece for your collection yes he's doing quite well and as well there's a book launch on the 24th of june saturday here in new york and they're gonna go where sorry disciple it's <laughs> the 23rd and the 24th oh sorry excuse <laughs> two me book launches two book launches him one in new york one in new jersey henry, him and henry henry cronk the writers I didn't forget. I want to give Henry Kronk uh, a big shout out, and Disciple will explain ex- exactly Henry's um, contribution to the book and what he did because I wasn't there. But I'll tell you what: 220 pages and very well written. So enough of me talking. Welcome, Disciple, to the show. Thank you so much. And let's hear where are you at since we last saw you? Because you know you gave us your life story about you know, fatherhood and all that great stuff and still actively DJing X amount of nights a week in New York and Brooklyn and Manhattan. He's not playing it right. He's still doing it stronger, better than ever. Um, but we want to hear about it. Tell us.
1: Okay. Well, basically as far as the book that you held in your hand, um, it's co-written by Henry Cronk. He's a freelance journalist and he covers a number of things. He's done, um, his work appears at Exclaim and a Burlington Free Press. And I think in 2020 we did um, International DJ where we focused a lot on the wild pitch. Um, he produced, you know, his podcast, which was Cold Burst. And he lives in Burlington, Vermont. And I met him because I had a lot of stories. I've been documenting and documenting um, since my days on the radio. And it brought me to tears because just a few days ago, um, a guy named Manny Quivets—you gotta check him out on the SoundCloud DM tracks, tracks with three X's—he posts up um, an interview I did with Robert Owens in 1995. Wow! It brought me to tears because he has documentation of radio shows that I've done when T. T. Scott passed away. Yeah. When um. We honored Larry LeVan and DJ Basil was playing. Um, he's documenting a lot of footage on his SoundCloud site from DJs that have a mix in New York and abroad. And I think he told me he had a, uh, an interview where Paul Trouble Anderson was doing a mix and he interviewed Byron Stingley on his radio show. So his transatlantic connection on how he gets these shows is incredible. Mm. And just as much as I documented... You know, I've been documenting house music since I started the radio show.
0: Right.
1: You know, we started off with uh, like artists like a, a guy named Gerald doing Voodoo Ray or Baby Ford. And I had, um, actually, I had Orbital on my show when they were hot with that record, I'm um, Chime. So we're very familiar with like some of the old UK house music back in the late 80s especially the time of 1988. So I think that you know documenting since that time and growing into that time I think it's a beautiful thing for house music to preserve it and like you said we're going to have a law a book launch on the 23rd of June at the New York Public Library with Herb Martin he's going to be the one that's narrating and on the 24th, we have one at the Newark Public Library. That's with um, following a party with Naeem Johnson, Ray Vasquez, um, and Deuce Martinez, and DJ Dove. So we're putting house music in the library because we know that it is an American musical institution. And there's not many house music books that have been documented. But we, we can get into all of that. Later, but that's kind of the start of it for me. Okay,
0: so let's let's get right into you know, here's the question I ask: what drove you
1: to document to write this book? Right. So basically there's a lot of missing pieces in our history. One of the histories that we don't really talk about is Grandmaster Flowers, right? Because Grandmaster Flowers was, was one of the first mobile DJs to mix two records in sequence. Um and he lived in the same building where I lived. So Grandmaster Flowers is in my story. And he broke records like um, he broke records like I think uh, ecstasy, passion, and pain. Sure. My brother was the bass player for that group when they toured with, with Barbara Roy. Oh, he wow. also was a leader. He he was he was one of the first DJs that I heard about that was playing exclusive because. He would go down to 59th Street back in the day. We talking 1960s, 1970s, right? And he would go to that 59th build, 59th Street building where they had all the record labels together, and that's how he would have access to those promos. He also worked at Downstairs Records. I think Francois had also talked about his meeting with him. I had heard that you know Francois was actually his drummer, and it's so funny how musicians. And, and dancers are all connected to this musical movement, right? Right, right. It's so important. So um, I start off with, with recognizing him and knowing that, like, Farragut has a, a very rich tradition. You know, it's, it's on the same block of the Church of the Open Door. And, and one of the guys that were, was playing there, his name is James Missouri. He lived in 234, one of the buildings. And in the late 60s, he played for the Ju- Jubilee Corral at the Church of the Ob- Open Door. Now, he's known by Nikki Ciano as the guy that sung on Proud Mary or Write On or Be Free, because he was part of the Voices of East Harlem. Right. And these were records that were, because they were known as a gospel funk outfit, and they were played by, you know, Nikki Ciano, who was a resident DJ at the gallery. So gospel and funk music kind of always intertwined, Mm-hmm. And so um, following suit, my, my brother, Larry Banks, he also um, played at the Church of the Open Door. And people remember the record Do It Properly by two Puerto Ricans, a Dominican, and a black man. Yes. Well, Tanya Nguyen was the singer uh, for my brother's choir, as was John Owens. John Owens worked with 95 North and Smack. So there's always been this connection with... Um, House music in the church, right? When I was growing up as a little boy, um, the Navy Yard was closed. The Navy Brooklyn Navy Yard that, that lived next to me was closed. And so a lot of faith-based institutions started gathering up and collecting a lot of youths and, and utilizing them for, we had a Riverside Drum Corps. I was in the Streamlines. Uh, we had places like Dr. White Community Center yep. and another faith-based institution called St. Anne's. And so, as, as we discussed in the last time I was here, obviously you know that my brother played the base, my brother Stanley Banks played the bass for George Benson. Yep. Kenny Carpenter lived across the street from me, and Strafe, you know, introduced um, Kenny Carpenter into DJs. But, so, hang on. So, wait. So, let me just
0: tell everybody this. Kenny Carpenter became resident in Studio 54 in 1980. Strafe went on to do a big record called Set It Off that Walter Gibbons Uh if I remember correctly, uh, mixed and edited as well. And that was like, if you want to call one of the first DNA of house music, I could really say that would be a record you would consider house music. And these are all the people of living around Disciples Building in his area. So there's a lot of talent coming out of those apartment
1: houses. Go ahead. Right. Uh, And when you think about St. Ann's, there's a guy named Jim Hill and he was, he came up in the 60s. He sponsored the free breakfast program at this, at this church. Sure. And so he was kind of, some people say he was sponsored by the Black Panthers movement, but he was a social action minister who, who really gave out like free books, you know? He started sports team and taught Black liberation and major influence. And he was somebody in our community. But we looked at him, we said, oh, wow, I want to give back too. You know what I'm saying? And there was another woman that was born in Farragut. Her name was Roberta Davenport. She lived in our building, and then she became principal of one of the schools in the community, PSP07, where my daughter went to and then graduated from. Um, Incidentally, um, I was named parent of the year last year at that school, PSP07. That's how much I'm proud to be having this dad girl thing you know, going for myself with my daughter. If you see
0: Disciples' postings, <laughs> you'll see a lot of that. He's got constant pictures. They, they're together. They're eating together. He's at the events. So we give him a lot of credit for being that kind of hands-on dad. He's very hands-on with his daughter.
1: And I and I do love talking about, listen, I love talking about my faith because, you know, people make assumption that just because I'm called DJ Disciple that, you know, I'm supposed to be this strong Christian man. But you know, faith like anything else, you know, Lenny, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes you can have strong faith and then you can go to being have a little faith or
0: no faith. All right. So in your in your notes, because I'm checking, we talk about faith comes to Brooklyn. Cause it, right. so, so let's have that, you know, how does that imply to what you're at in your life? Well, this? think
1: about it like this. When I started playing the drums, you think about the house artists. How old, how old were you? How old were you when you first started playing? I started playing like in my 11, 12, but when I I started playing drums, I played a a church called Greater Refuge Temple. And so when you hear the song, There's Gonna Be a Lovely Day by Soul System, the singer Octavia got baptized at my church where I played drums at the same year while she was singing Mama, I Wanna Sing. You see this connection with house music?
0: Octavia Lambertus, everybody.
1: That's right. She's
0: baptized. Same Octavia trip. Lambertus. Yes. And I did a record with her
1: as well, The Way That Woman Could Sing Her Behind Off. My God. Right. And so what I'm saying is, is that, like, okay, in our faith, we, you know, we practice in, in loving God because we know that, like, hey, you know, um, you could have great faith, but sometimes you can look. In the book, it really describes, like, you know, when my mother didn't like church, we didn't connect with church. We connected with house music, right? But as I connected with house music, my faith got weaker. But then she discovered God, and her faith got stronger.
0: But right? how's that work? How's that work? You connected to house music, and she's connecting now to God because she
1: came from. Because what happened was, you know, her 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 mother got pregnant at fourteen. And my great-grandfather was a minister. Uh So he kicked my great-grandmother out out the house while Julia was just being born. So my mother had to go from place to place. This is in the book. She had to go from place to place. She felt ostracized. You understand what I'm saying? And then my my father came from the war and so forth. So they had similar paths. Mm -hmm. And they really didn't really, they saw how people from the faith could get down. And they didn't really like it. They kind of frowned on, you know, me going to church as often as I was going and the commitment that I was having. So So how does that work? Did someone actually introduce,
0: because if my, you know, normally your mother takes you to church. Nah, she wasn't having it. So who's
1: the one that drags you to the church? Nobody, you know what it was? I fell in love with gospel music because of a drummer named Joel Smith, because I wanted to be a good drummer at the Riversiders. But my brother kept bringing these, these records home by Walter Hawkins in the Hawkins family. So I'm, you know, I'm playing the drums. I said, dad, this guy, Joel Smith, he got some skills. And I said, okay, let me check this out. And so I started going to like different churches. One of the churches I went to was the Institutional Church of God in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I I ran into this drummer named Gerald Haywood. And this guy was a bad drummer. Right now, he's still one of the leading drummers that's out here. And... You know, be it, that musical connection helped me discover. I said, first I got lured into the music, but then I started hearing the words and it, it kind of touched my soul. Then you hear the sermon and it kind of falls in that kind of gap. You know what I'm saying? So they're so, let me tell everybody,
0: we're discussing the beat, the scene, the sound with the man himself, DJ Disciple. Yeah. And he's here bringing it with Henry Cron. Of course, Henry's, Henry couldn't make this, but he's going to be at the book uh, presentations, the presenting of the book on June 23rd and 24th in New York City and New Jersey. And, he, and this is why today, thank God, there is a God because he brought disciple here. To, to cover for us, because last minute, I got to give it one more time, Craig Bartlett had to step out, and we're getting a great story with our man here, and back right. to, the,
1: to the faith now. Go ahead. So so, so so basically, a lot of people, right, for whatever reason, sometimes they feel left out in the church. It could be for one thing or the other. So when you think about paradise, garage, it helped unify a lot of different people. They fought when uh, when when HIV and AIDS was out here. They had the gay men's health crisis, and they raised money to help fight against AIDS. Similarly to what we see, gospel singers that come from the church that sing. When you're thinking about Barbara Tucker, and you're thinking about um, um, all the singers from her Dawn Torman, all of that, they inspired me and continue to inspire me when they put together. You know what Blaze did with the underground dance artist for life which was a life organization because they believe that house music is an, a, a utopian idea because when we think of clubs, we think of a sanctuary, right? That's right. A sanctuary yeah. that's, that, that brings people together and everybody becomes like a family. And like sometimes back in the days when you didn't come to the club, they'd be like, yo, where's such and such? I missed her or I missed him because that's just, and sometimes, you know, you'll hear a, a song that touches you Right. that a girl a woman or a man sang something that comes from the church you don't hear that kind of song from the church no not you, at still, all. you get you you get the gospel song in your heart they ain't even singing the song in the church <laughs> so hang say, on, so like, wait. Yeah. back in the day Disciples show was female
0: artists screaming gospel tunes that were he was known for breaking those records back in the day connie harvey I mean, I could think of a thousand names that were coming out of Jersey, all the Jersey underground house sound. And that's what we're trying to say. He sat in Hunter College in a station and in Brooklyn broke out a sound that was so underground, but then became overground. And that's why his book is what we need to all get our hands on, because
1: he talks about that in detail. Right. And I'm saying like, Daryl Pandy came from the church, right? Damn right. he, he sang for the, the, the Church of Univ- Universal Awareness in Chicago. When I fell in love with house music, you better believe without a doubt, no doubt about it, that Robert Owens had me open from wide tap. From one tap, Robert Owens had me open. But he sung with James Cleveland in the Voices of the Cornerstone. That's right. When we hear Chuck Roberts, right, he's taking a twist on a Christian text. He's saying in the beginning there was Jack, and Jack had a groove. Yeah, and good from groove, the Genesis. And, the grooves <laughs> of all grooves. and while they were listening throwing down this box, Jack bodily boldly declared, let there be house. And house music was born. And and, and 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 you see, no one understands house because house music is a universal language spoken and understood by all. And how we understanding that cashmere is putting out, you know, preacher man, and so all of these groups are these interconnections. With faith with the church, but it brings a, a, a feeling of unity. Yeah, it brings oh, a feeling yeah. of togetherness. And so that's what really house music is about. Now we have different ideas. In the book, it'll it'll show you, like in that 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 text with faith. There's different faiths, there's different belief systems. The guy that introduces me, um, that 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 gives me the sound system, he's his name is DJ Debonair. He's a Muslim, but he wanted me to succeed. Um, I had a, a DJ that that worked with me, when I was doing Sapphire Lounge, his name is DJ Juwandi. He might practice Yoruba. You know, you might have Amir a Brooks. He might be. My, people have different faith, but with house music, everybody comes together, and that's that true because of we love. That's is really what makes house music so strong. Because we never ask each other what church you go to. Nobody. No, ever we into that. the music. We all together because of the music. That's yes. right. And the music, it'll help you. Some people, the music is everything to them because people were getting. We had a whole generation, and we talk, and I talk about Naim Johnson in this book, because there was a period where a lot of people didn't want to get high; they needed to stay clean and sober, and house music got them through that. And I'm talking about people that went to the Black Box and even Frank's Lounge. Frank's Lounge is in the book. Because it's one of those places where you didn't have to have a bar guarantee or you didn't have to be with somebody that took a drink. You could get drunk and high off the music. And that's the connection that people feel as a family. Well, you know what? I will say this. Going out and
0: hearing other guys play, I didn't need drugs. That music lifted you out of the room when you were dancing. It's the way it is. The music is what...
1: Is the high, and, and sometimes the social dynamics change, you know what I'm saying. And for me, my social dynamics changed also in 1990 because I listen. I sat under many times. I walked into tracks and I sat by David DePino, sat down, listen, and learn. I would go upstairs and hear Danny Crivet upstairs at tracks, sit down, listen, and learn. Sometimes come by to see Junior Vasquez, go sit down, listen, and learn because. The, the, the art of DJ is not all about trying to be a superstar. It's about discipling yourself to become a better DJ so you can help spread the love that house music. And there's never been a music that's been together so much since Whit, Woodstock, since, since that, that, that that's become from house music. We know that. Well, yeah. there's so many subgenres now now
0: from, from the house music. Right. You know, so many subgenres which I don't like.
1: Right, I, I understand. But here's the other I thing. like
0: I like it being. You know why? Because to me, good music shouldn't have a sub. It should just be what it is. Great music.
1: Right. Not, well, it's got to be this. Well, here's the other thing that house music did. Right. It, it, it desensitizes the, all the taboos of the LGBTQ community. Right. it's just wholly just. Diff- you don't mind going to a house music club. somebody got whatever their sexual orientation was. You can have a conversation, you can have a talk. We can embrace each other. We can show love and love each other. It's the only music in the world that desensitizes anything related to what your sexual orientation was. That's I why matter, we love this music so much. It didn't matter.
0: Yes, it didn't matter. Didn't, it didn't did Did you hear me say, it didn't matter. <laughs> so, it wasn't so, like we were being judged. And you'd, it wasn't, you had to be rich or poor. Right. It was, you were there for the same common cause.
1: So that's why you still have that passion in you today? Yes. And you know what? I'll tell you something, right? I started playing in the East Village in 1990 and I played at the Pyramid Club, which was on 101 Avenue A, I remember. right? That was my love affair with the collection of just playing music. Because it was a bar, it was a small bar, it had a small dance floor in the back with a stage. And it was the first time I played there. I was play, playing um, "Black Betty" by Ram Jam, and then I followed it up by with um, Stand in Line" with ESG, right? And it was the first time I played with like people that came from a rock background and a dance background together, because we know that Nirvana and Red Hot Red Hot Chili Peppers they also played there, right? We know that, and we know that L- Lady Bunny was a fixture there. And so I I fell in love with all those clubs that came around from there. I loved Save the Robots. I loved um, going to the the, the 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 Choice and the World. All of that, you know, East Manhattan clubs. So even in my two thousands, I played at Sapphire Lounge, as you well know, and then I DJed extensively for almost ten years at La and La Vie in a fair, and it goes on and on. But I love that area because. You know, when when house music becomes a different appetite and you adapt to that appetite, sometimes you can be stagnant if you just stay in that one appetite. Yeah. But the beat, the scene, the sound jump, jumps around to different genres. Now, not everybody's going to like every genre I print in this book. They might not like the bottle service scene, but guess what? There's never been a book written about the bottle service scene from a DJ's point of view. Okay. There's never been a book written about an EDM from a person that, you know, comes from New York and is from a certain way on that scene. And so by showing these different iterations of house music, it, it kind of has more of like, because we look at Dave Mercuso and we know that the loft survived disco craze, right? And yeah. I look at house music the same way, right? Because in New York City, we, we I love when Georgie Porgy talked to you last week and Georgie Porgy said, all you he have said. to value yourself as your DJ, and he says something very important. He said, "Your energy is your new currency." Remember when he said that last week? Correct, I do remember. Your energy is your new your currency. currency, right?
0: Because you have to value yourself, and so and care for yourself, meaning right, and care about, you so, don't he, sell yourself for nothing. Right, correct. And now, he he was connected to that.
1: Now, you want to say something?
0: Yes. I want to give Louis Vega some shout because Louis wrote the forward part of this, and I yes. want to read a little bit. I want to read just a paragraph this way. People Louis oh. Vega wrote, Brooklyn Braun and Bread, DJ Disciple, has been on the New York City scene since the 1980s. I first heard about Disciple when he had his radio show, The Best Kept Secret on W N Y E F M. He always played upcoming and unreleased tracks, as well as the hottest house music, always with a unique way of mixing. He lured you into his journey of sounds and had you running around trying to get those tracks at stores, only to find out they were not released yet. As well, I have to thank DJ Camacho because Camacho was the bridge for me to become lifelong friends with Disciple. Camacho brought a lot of us together. I was very close to Camacho and, as well, Tyrone Francis. Me and Tyrone Camacho are hung very tight. And here's Tyrone. Tyrone, mm-hmm. Tyrone Francis, black and yellow parties. But that was a young Tyrone. He's called Angry Black. He's, kill, he's killing it with the
1: black and Roll yellow parties.
0: Angry black, angry black man, as we all know him, love him. He's like, he is, he'll be my brother forever. He could call and curse me out wherever he likes. But when we pick the phone up together, we pick right up from where we left off. And that's the thing about house music. And I can't say this about anything else I've ever done in my life. I have friends. Disciple has friends. You don't have to see them for 25, 30 years. Within two seconds, you're together. Music brings you right back, right where you left off. If not, it's like the time didn't even... That time length did not exist. So saying that, I want to give Disciple kudos. In the book, there's discussions about it. He writes how there was people who were record producers, I'm not going to mention their names, that got a little bit angry. And you guys are going to have to find this out. That's why you have to get the book. They were angry that he had material very early on and and pushing it because he felt he wanted to get it out there and it needed to be heard. and But with that passion sometimes comes a price. And he knows that price very well. Yes. With the Passion Disciple, when you were in... in In the pit of that time, late 80s, 90s, on WmyE, pushing the sound. How important was it for you to have the hottest new joints? Like, and 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 what did that cost you with people's relationships by by not by maybe getting stuff maybe you shouldn't have had that that you said,
1: ah, I'm gonna put it on. What was that like for you in those days? Well, here's the thing, right? A couple of things happened. Number one. I was getting promos left, right, and center. Because at this point, about 1990, my my tapes of my radio show were being sold in the UK. And that's how I met J.P. Furman, because he had, he had heard about my tapes. But the other thing was, I wasn't just trying to champion the music on the radio. I wrote for Street Sound Magazine, as I said before. And I was trying to put artists in a place and review records that I felt, that the world needed to know. Now, at this point, hip hop is going on. Hip hop is strong. But when you think about Kaleem Shabazz and Kim Lightfoot and a lot of people that on parties like Herb Martin that kept their parties going, one of the things that we have done as New Yorkers and we still to, do today that Georgie Porgy talked about was that we all built our own ecosystem and this is going on today. When you hear about my friend Louis Vega. Louis Vega with Kevin Hedge had roots in Cielo. They built their own ecosystem. When you see Tony Touch and Voodoo Ray, they do, they have the the funk box. You got Ian Friday, DJ Seress. Stan Zeph is bringing a lot of collective DJs together. Even my friends um 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 DJ Aquabee. All these DJs build their own um Their own ecosystem. When I look at Becky Nunez, an amazing promoter, she's bringing different DJs from different backgrounds. And more importantly, what we don't really talk about is the women in our scenes. The DJ Nubians, the Shonda Trents, the the Natasha Diggs, the Remarkables, the Risa Garcias. These are women that they're not just breaking open the, the doors for other women. They're crushing it hear smashing it. When I hear a, 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 a Good Room set from a Arisa Garcia or I see a DJ Remarkable, Donna Edwards has always smashed it. MK has crazy. always smashed it and built their own ecosystem. The women in our industry have played a vital part. The radio show that I played on, it wasn't just about pushing the tunes, but my mother, who I connected with in house music, also pushed me to have women in position to succeed. In this industry, my mother was responsible for that—to make sure that we had a show where women could be present, and because they are an important part in our scene. We just look at women as managers, or we look at women as as like that's influential, like Abigail Adams that did moving records, that helped do do license the deal and help build the New Jersey coalition, so that this way events don't conflict with each other. I hope I'm not getting too deep here. But women also play such an important part in our industry. And they continue to break inroads for other females to do what they do. And that may, has made the scene better for it.
0: Yeah. It, Law. You know,
1: <laughs> boom. And that's
0: it, all, folks. I got to thank. Let's some just leave right, right now. <laughs> <where we laughs> leave right there. I got to thank David Morales Lassie could Because Sunday Church Mass for having me as a guest. What a great time on Twitch. Always follow our man David, official David Morales. He's doing it each and every Sunday. He never misses a beat. And also, Hector Romero it was wonderful playing on the show. I want to give faith when we talk about in faith and God's faith. We also want to give Faith Magazine, Defected, a big thank you and a shout out. You're talking about Tony Humphreys this month, House of Extravaganza. The Underground Network, which is a big, you know, disciples just mentioned about women, Barbara Tucker. A woman needs to be heard. She lets her voice be heard through music and her preaching. And as well, I'm in this article, a shameless plug, and Journey into Sound. And please get your free copy of Faith and also on Amazon. Let me go to the Amazon link. I wish I had a secondary operator on WNYE. He used to have his his. I remember he used to
1: have that girl say What was her name? Iman. I'm yes. I mean, yeah. Alene. Okay. Yeah. There was Lachey. was also on the show. Oh my god, she be
0: there greeting everybody. Take so. Look at this hot new release, best selling new and future releases right there. The beat, the scene, the sound. Get your copy on Amazon. Remember, DJ Disciple, the beat, the scene, the sound. When your mama told you that women were important, did you really at first
1: believe that? I knew it because the bottom line was women were leading me into prayer. And I still do prayer meetings now in the church that I go to. Um, And it's because of the legacy that my mother left behind. Because nobody goes to church because we're perfect. We go to church because we're forgiven, right? That's the way we don't go to church because we're perfect. We go, and it's the same reason why we go to the club. We don't go to the club because we knew that we got high the week before, and we promise ourselves, well, maybe this time I'm not gonna get high. But if I and get sometimes high, sometimes we overcome that, and we got the strength to overcome it because we get it through the music. So when you really look at it, like you know. On the UK side, and we talk about our connections of the people that's instrumental with ha- having me over, and I think of Delhi G, and let's get Delhi G. A Lakota big club. in Bristol that's still going strong. Hold on, hold on.
0: Delhi G called up a little while ago. He wanted us to let us know, let everybody know out there. Saturday, twenty <laughs> second of July, disciple the returns back to the UK <laughs> play. He's coming back. How long has it been since you've been out there?
1: 14 years. The last gig I did was Say that again. Wait, I'm
0: sorry. 14
1: years. 14 years. 1-4, four, four, everyone. He's coming back. People don't know who I am anymore. It's like, who? Disciple who? If you don't got I'm that like, hit record right now that's bubbling, it's like out of sight, out of mind. But that's the way the game works. And you got to charge it to the game. I mean... I thought I was never coming back to the UK because I'm a girl dad and I'm proud of that. And I don't, you know, I work a lot hard in my community. I wanted to kind of leave it like the way it was like, you know, everybody was high on the music when I did my last set and I just wanted to leave it nice and tidy like that. But I think that, you know, in trying to get this book in libraries to try to get it in, I mean, in outlets, I'm just trying to say that this is history. And that, you know, my stories might not be glaringly like there's not a there's some drug use in the story I'm sure, but it ain't. It's really just showing our contributions. It's showing as a New Yorker from the social justice point of view what we had to go through 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 the AIDS epidemic, through the crack epidemic, through the through the broken windows policy. Through all of that, but you had to go through in New York. So there's a social justice angle to this book that people maybe may not understand in the U.K., but they'll understand the story. Okay. So one of the road
0: warriors I know in this game was this man right here. I mean, when I mean road warriors, because, you know, a lot of U.K. people watch this show and Europeans How does the book talk to them? Because you talk a lot about that part of of that as well. That's an important part of your life, what you did in the UK. So
1: basically, you know, we talked last time about, you know, the plane crash incident, but the bottom line is, is that when you're touring, um, can you where, recap recap that plane crash
0: for everybody? Because you got some new people watching; they may not have known what you mean.
1: Well, basically, I was like I was. I was working extensively, going across different countries to Amsterdam, to 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 Greece, to Switzerland, to Germany, all these different places. And so, when I took off to go to Mallorca, um, the plane caught on fire. And I, I realized how far I've fallen from my faith. And when you say you fall from your faith, that means you didn't, you don't, you don't, you don't go out to worship anymore. You don't read the word anymore. You don't pray anymore. You don't have no more prayer life. So other stuff starts to creep in. Right. And so, um, but also as well, I just have a hard time turning. At that time, I was having a hard time turning down gigs because like Georgie Porgy, and I'm going to keep reiterating on Georgie Porgy. Let me show you
0: the fly, everybody. Look at this. Look at this schedule. <laughs> Back in the day, that's 1999. Look at that. Birmingham, Manchester, Huddersfield, Sheffield, Leeds, London, London. You know, what I'm saying he's going from city to city. I want to real be dirty, titty to titty. Right.
1: And so and so basically, Lenny. I didn't mean to because we're both fathers, we're a lot older, but I would have said that back. Right. In and so basically, you know, when you're dealing with that level of loneliness, seriously, though. No, seriously. When you're dealing with that, that that, that level of loneliness. If you don't have the right agency riding with you and they just you know they can chew you up and spit you out if you if you don't have the right agency you know sometimes your credibility could go out the window and sometimes you can go through an episode of mental health issues that you didn't know existed just the loneliness of just seeing airports, hotels, and cabs on a regular basis and you having to deal with maybe the promoter is not going to pay me the balance of the fee. Disciple, maybe, did,
0: you, did you have, when with the plane crash, did you have an actual mental breakdown?
1: I felt that, yes. Because, you know, you get to a point wherein... You know what I'm saying? Like a real, like, I mean, like,
0: I'm going to bring up Sam Devine. She was just on the show. You want to talk about females? Yeah, I watched it. Okay, Sam Devine mentioned something that she never mentioned anywhere else. She said, "What exactly, if I remember correctly, in the sequence of events, COVID hit, everything came to a complete halt. I hit rock bottom because of the emotions, which brought me to a mental breakdown, which made me go to a suicide event. You know what I'm saying? We're not talking that happens to everybody. Right. But There is life changing moments. A plane going on fire and crashing is not something I would like to say lightly. You know, it's, well, here, here's, here's the situation, Lenny. Check this out. You know what I'm saying? Finding let's say God. Let's so say, you're in the seat going, oh my
1: God, God, please let me get through this. God, please let me, please. You know, right? Come on. I mean, sometimes it don't have to be as serious as a plane crash. Sometimes it can be as serious as this. Go ahead. We see Louis Vega. Yep. He's an amazing DJ. He's playing all these different places around the world. But sometimes as a DJ, you feel insufficient because you're watching him and Roger and all these other DJs making all these moves, and you're not moving anywhere. And you feel you might feel undervalued or insufficient or somebody that. Washed up because maybe you had something in the past, but some people feel like, you know what? You washed up. You ain't got it no more. You ain't got the connections. You ain't got the manager. You ain't got, and you got to climb back. And you fall into a depression because your money value has fallen. (laughs) You could, you could, you could have a nice house and you built a whole empire. And say for instance, one allegation comes calling. Oh, falling it's falling happened. Down. You've seen it happen many times. Well, everything goes, comes ca- crawling down. And now you're not sufficient anymore. You're not valued anymore. You're not that person anymore. That's right. And it's about what do you hold on to when that doesn't happen to you anymore? For me, my faith kicked in. But for some other people, they might have something else that helps them. That, that, that self-esteem. And you can get low self-esteem in this business. When a, when, a, when I was doing the bottle service scene, there's a lot of guys that come by and say, listen, I know Disciples talented, but I got a bottle and I got 30 people that want a table. What are we doing right now? And do they value the music or do they value what they're going to get paid at the end of the night? Because that person is going to spend a few extra thousand dollars more than what you would pay a DJ for free that would pay those people. So navigating through all those situations mentally as DJs is things that we have to confront that we have to deal with. Look, um we came up in the drug era, oh right. So you you oh, face that, that situation of- before <laughs> where 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 you might know an undercover cop, he might want you to do a bust and by, help him with a bust and buy. Then you 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 in the area. The guy that you know play, he knows you play at the club. He wants he wants he want to hang with you so he can sell the drug. That's right. Then I'm the token black guy in the club. They want to know where they can get the drug. Meanwhile, the DJ that you playing for that's opening for you is selling the drug. So you got to navigate constantly through situations where you play for a DJ and the DJ that's playing before you don't have the etiquette. And he's going to play all the hits. And when he plays all the hits, all his people that he brought with leave. And it don't matter what you play, is never going to be good enough because you didn't bring the people to support you. That's right. Because it's not your people <laughs>
0: right? here. That's not your people. That's some bought, that's some bought,
1: as I call it, right? A sellout. There's, there's some dance floor politics because. He, he, know your, he knows his but disciple. Mind. Wait, wait,
0: wait. In the book, Disciple Speaks About, I remember reading this part because I read the book really well. That he actually put in, if I remember correctly, he put an ad in Craigslist for women dancers to yes. bring his own dancers in the club. So he had his people guaranteed to lead the flock. Yeah. So as he DJed, he had his people dancing and it brought more and more and
1: more. So he yeah, Craziness was. Craziness dances was important because what I right. did was, what Craziness this dances did was, first of all, I'm in my late 30s and 40s. I'm not trying to go out to meet some 19, 20, 21, 22 year old and try to get, convince them to come hear me DJ. They're going to be like, who's this old creep coming up to me telling me he want to go to a party? Yeah, really. So I hired party motivators. Right. And party motivators. And I put up in the Craigslist ad, hey, there's no nudity. There's no stripping. Just come with some energy. And just dance. you get this amount at the the end of the night, bring a friend. Well, if if five girls or six girls bring their friends, that's 30 people. So now when the promoter want to leave with his people, because a lot of times this happened, especially in the bottle service scene. Yep. The regular people will be there. The bottle service guy or the promoter would leave with all his people. So, all his other, all the other people are going to leave. Right. So, what winds up happening is I hide the dancers. Oh, the people stay. Oh, some other people new promoters. Yeah, because there's people there. There's people there to stay dancing. So, that makes you kind of in a situation where you become unfireable. <laughs> right. So, so, so you become that. And then, other promoters see that then they say oh well you can work at my establishment so as i said in the first interview i i did work in the scene nonstop, from 1998 all the way up until 2017 2018
0: disciple brought something to my attention and he reminded me about this and this is part of the reason why this book has been written let's look at this for a second he brought this over to remind me about this today and asked me my views about it i have my view i've always loved black music and he knows that i was he played a lot of my music on his show so he knew my he knows my, my 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 love and my heart but there's a real reason he brought this up there's another reason why he wrote the book there's all these pieces he's tying them together where does that bring us dance music is black music? How do you feel about that, and why is that important for that message to be clear? Well,
1: I, when when DJ Magazine brought that out, right? Because they 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 first of all they did their first top one hundred DJ poll in nineteen ninety three, and I was on that list, and being on that list helped me. It, it profoundly helped me. Okay. It was, a, it was an in-house list that was chosen for DJs that had the great skills and they knew how to move the crowd. But as the poll got famous and the EDM started creeping in, the trans started creeping in, you know, people was feeling like the list was getting whitewashed, right? And in 2018, they did another list, you know, because they see that there was lacking diversity and they made a pledge during the George Floyd situation to support the grassroots initiative with business practices and polls and awards and live events right but what we're seeing in new york city is that like even though they're doing that and they're bringing awareness to that and we appreciated that i also appreciate a um the hyper development of nightclubs that are going on in new york city You got your silos, your knockdown centers. It's an exciting time for DJs to break open and follow new scenes. Because some people follow scenes and not clubs and vice versa. Some people follow clubs and not scenes. And so what Georgie Porgy was saying last week was like, we need to support our own ecosystem. So now we're seeing like Lil Ray go to Jamaica, or we'll see other people go more to the Caribbean because since the start, House music has always been infused with Latin and Afro rhythms. The Caribbean Caribbean rhythms. So now we have our own language of wherein, even even with the ages, there's more people that's going out that's in their 50s and 60s that can find healing in the music to help them live longer. Right? You see uh, Marcus White do Tulum. He's doing all these yoga parties. Right, there's people that's doing ancestral parties because house music is forever fusion friendly. And so if it's fusion friendly like that, and we can be accepted, we don't have to look to other people to find that acceptance. But it's good to be acknowledged and say, okay, we, we want to be recognized. We want that to build. And I'm happy for 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 once that like I'm happy that DJ magazine has taken that step. Like There's artists and labels and communities that have been better than they've been in the past with business practices. Now, we still got an issue with Spotify. We still got an F issue. And I, I pledged to myself after a certain time that I didn't want to accept any more music in perpetuity. I didn't want to deal with any music that dealt with me giving, somebody giving me a record for life. I didn't want that anymore because... I let somebody do a remix for me. I pay them. And if the record blows up, I give them a piece of the publishing. And I do that with my label. Um, One guy I did, uh, I'm doing work with, and I have done work with, he didn't want to fight in the Ukraine war. He didn't want to be involved. So he had to leave his studio stuff. And his name, you know, I'm not going to say his name, but he had to leave his studio stuff behind because he didn't want to fight in the Ukraine war. And him remixing and producing songs is helping him get through the travesties that he has to deal with between the Ukraine and Russia. This happened to me. And I've seen this before with my man Baggy Begovich, because Baggy Begovich is huge. And he's always been huge to me because he came out of the Bosnian crisis. <laughs> that was, he was a little bit lighter than, but he came from the Bosnian crisis and basically he survived it and He made it big on the festival scene in Amsterdam. And so when I seen how the festival scene worked in Amsterdam, he was the guy that kind of helped me because he said, wait a minute, there's no Deep House in the Netherlands. And so he started bringing over DJs to help promote Deep House in the Netherlands. Hmm. Through that and through the fact, I mean, I put out a CD with him called Addicted to Baggy Begovich in in Amsterdam because... I understand, like, house music always changes. It always changes vibes. It, it always changes, you know, direction. And sometimes if you're around for the for the changes, it's like what Grandmaster Flowers used to say to me at the Underground Network before he passed. He says, listen, if you're in front of the right set of circumstances, there's nothing that you can't do. If right. you've got the right people that believe in you, there's nothing that you can't do. You're unstoppable. You can, can be unstoppable. With this music, with this movement. It's beautiful music. There's nothing
0: wrong with it. It's gorgeous music. It's just that the in the problem with the music is that it was something that was made that was beautiful. When it is money involved, it gets very ugly. That's
1: the problem with it. Right. And okay. so and so people are always gonna have and take issues and umbrage. Like when we saw the article that said that Beyonce started Acid House. That that's she's the on, was, no, no, that's ridiculous. Right? So so this is the this is the thing, right? It's the news. But, but what do we do with that news? You know what? The way we look at it is like this I think that right now we're in a position to develop new artists all over again. I right? Agree. You can see the track source, Aaron K. There's amazing artists that you can find on track source. New artists that's doing amazing work that can have a platform for a State 51. Or, or or Southport weekend uh, or, you know, and they have done so for years. Most of us have traveled overseas to make the bulk of our money, but that's not exclusive to, to, to DJs. Dancers have done this as well, which is why also Dancers is part of this book, because nobody in the UK really knows who E. Joe Wilson is. They don't know who Brian Footwork Green is or Marjorie Smoth, but the dancers also... Play a uh, uh, voodoo ray, especially they play an important part of our house music movement, That's and right. we can't remove them and be relevant ourselves without them. That's sure. what I'm saying. Let me show some history here.
0: Some people that are no longer with us, the wonderful Phil Asher. Okay, I mean, Disciple has a lot of you know him playing in La America. Look at this, you know, there was a time. You Know he was at Privilege in a visa, you know, and, yeah, and he was. and that's Tom Steffen, you know, he wants to come back and he wants to rock you guys over there in the UK. Danny, Dan, Danny Rampling from Love Group BBC Radio One. I mean, here's, here's a picture, it's magical. The, the man himself, may he rest in peace, Paul Trouble Anderson, uh, you know, it don't get better than that. I mean, look, he was at Boogie Wonderland. You know, Coney Island in Brooklyn, doing it. He's done it everywhere. Look, Dawn Tallman. I was just talking about this with last week with, with um, Georgie about his record is incredible. With mm. her. You know, Bobby and Steve. I mean, he was part of the Bar Rumba crew. Chrissy right. Dean, all of them. I mean, he's, you know. that's Ejo my- with Becky, who is my favorite promoter of all time. Yeah, Ijo. And there's the Disciple. I mean, look, if you, know, you got to get his book. I was blessed to get my copy. And I will say I'm so glad after reading it, he reminds us. And also to some of you that never knew about this part of what happened after Garage closed up until everyone started traveling abroad. Yeah, there was people traveling. But I mean, when the house music thing exploded, the yeah. 90s, he talks about this in detail in the beat, the scene, and the sound. So you got to understand it's one of the best things I've, I've read in a long time. From a DJ's perspective. Not, not, you know, an author who sat us all down and interviewed us and then wrote, a catharsis of what he thinks is you know the way it happened, disciple lived it. No one better than, the, than him to tell this story. Disciple, what what would you say the most favorite period of your time in your life was
1: musically? You know, I can't say because here's the thing, right? I was never I was never one to frown upon. Any scene. Explain, you know? that. see, explain, because we spoke about that off camera. Right. What is that? I was mean? never so so when the UK garage scene came, I never really frowned on it because I had friends in that scene, and I had never seen that large group of DJs from the UK that were black working. So at that time, I, Omar Animira, he kind of baptized me in that scene by introducing me to DJ Smooth Spoony. Matt Jam, Lamont, Carl Tough Enough Brown, you know, the Dream Team, all these guys. So they were a different tangent from what I meant from Ricky Morrison, um, you know, Funky P, Paul Trouble Anderson. And Steve. Even though when I, when I first started coming to the Loft, I saw sporty play one time at the Loft, opening for Paul Trouble Anderson. Matt Jam, Lamont too. But going to Legends and going to certain London venues it kind of opened me up to like, okay, I could ride with this. But it, more importantly, I appreciated, at first I didn't, but I, I learned to appreciate the MC culture in the UK garage scene because it reminded me so much of when Flowers and so many other DJs back in the days used to rock in the park and they used to have the MCs. We see the MC culture with Mr. Mike. We see the MC culture with... Dutch DJs, when they first started doing festivals, the MCs had their own following to mesh in. Yes. So collectively, there's a lot of different scenes that this book talks about because it's not just one scene. It's not just one movement. It's not just one beat. It's not it's 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 inclusive to where we are. Now there's some scenes that I never played in, and there's some some parties I never been to. Or even if I've been to, I didn't, that wasn't really part of my journey. But I think that we have to learn how to love our legends. Right now, we just heard that Tina Turner just passed away at 83 years old. She just passed away just now. That's what the news is saying. Today? So, yeah. So. What? You know. Yeah. She just passed away. Oh my God,
0: I'm stuck watching the show. I'm actually, I'm (laughs) I'm stuck watching show right now. I have no idea.
1: Yeah. And so when we look at, like, that's why I I continue to say, like, the women in our industry and every industry is so important and vital to development in any musical movement that we do.
0: I'm checking this. I have to get the news first here. Hang on. Okay.
1: Okay. I'm not laughing at that situation. I'm laughing at your reaction. I was but like, yeah, man, I just think that um it's a sad situation that she has passed. I feel bad that she has yes. passed. Yes, I mean, he was a legend to all of us. Tina um, Turner so many monumental hits. Tina Turner dies, age 83. Yeah, I feel, feel bad about you know It hasn't dawned on me, but it, it's a crying moment for so many people that were fans of the her. Queen of Rock and Roll has died. Yeah, and it's it's just you you have to cherish. Everybody while they're here, because we don't know. Let me tell you something. When Camacho passed away, when Colonel Abrams passed away, when all those house legends, a lot of them that's in this book passed away, I said that there had to be something said for them that people don't forget who they were, our voodoo rays, all those Frankie Knuckles, Larry LeVan, all of those heroes we find recognition in this book, but more importantly, people like Tina Turner. Turner, the world stops. We could discuss about true house st- stories. But get that when we, book. When we're, face, when we're in get, the face of legendary, get that book. When we're in the face of legends, it's serious. That book. Get this
0: book. Trust yeah. in me. Trust in your brother here. Get this book. He, turned so, his heart, um, he poured his heart. He, you know, one thing I have to say about Disciple, who's too damn honest sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> because that's why he gets in trouble over the years because he's been telling everybody what they need to be hearing. And nobody wants to hear it, but I'm going to say it again. The truth be told, the beat, the scene, the sound, the rise and fall, and the rebirth of house music in New York City and abroad, because he talks about Sheffield. He talks about all those parties, legendary parties up in the north of England. They were big, transcending parties for a lot of us that were coming over. Thankfully, created us and gave us a life, you know, and I say life in a sense of career, a very yeah. well career. A lot of it, a lot of us without that UK and Europe, that would have been rough for us to keep this going on and on because it's this fads. And scenes, like he said, ecosystem. Each ecosystem created has a life. And then eventually, like everything in life dies or changes. And you're yeah. not always in fashion or you're not always in vogue. And what do you have to do? You have to do what we call a restart and rebrand and reset and re-go. And as it gets, you get older, it gets harder. It's not an easy thing for everybody. There's very few. Very few on the pyramid that are on the top, and everybody else is doing this sliding and you know, or up and going down. up, and sliding and going up and sliding down, right over and over. And you know, the reality is, he touches that in here. You'll see what I mean. Like if you read it, you'll understand what I mean. And I and I recommend it.
1: I mean, playing, playing I, north north, playing in the um in the north with Grand Park with Dan Rappling with Pete Tong, those were memories that you never forget as long as you live because, you know, those are DJs that will always be held in high esteem. DJ Paulette, Smoking Joe, all those DJs are always held in high esteem because of their contribution to house music in their fields. And I can honestly say that it's been a pleasure, and nobody doesn't get anything out of this book, to know that we served... Me and Henry, because it's not me by myself. This is also Henry. E.J. Disciple and Henry Cronk. Yeah, this is Henry Cronk. And Henry Cronk is the one that helped maneuver this book together for me, because I got a lot of stories, but he helped me put it together in a way that's compelling and that touches people and that is part of history. Come June 23rd and 24th in the New York Public Library, that's where house music be. In the New York Public Library and in Newark, New Jersey Public Library, we will make house music history for sure. For and sure. don't forget the after party to rock your socks On all 24th. night from
0: 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. Deuce Thank Martinez you. and all the special friends the of course, the Cycle Plane. Johnson. Those that remember are old enough to remember when WBLS used to host Naeem Johnson's master mixes. We talked about that many times. Ray Vasquez, a Brooklyn favorite. And I had to ask you this question. DJ Dove is also on the bill. Did you discover Dove or did you guys meet by chance? It's in the book. That's what I mean. But the thing
1: about Dove, the thing about DJ Dove is. I just did a record with him that's charting at track source right now as we speak The track is called to the deep and somebody special is doing the remix that you wouldn't believe is doing the remix of his record. I ain't going to say who it is, but DJ dove is an amazing talent. Um, He's my friend for life. He's, you know, he's like, you know, me and him are like, like this. And so DJ dove is, he's the one that helped introduce me to a lot of things. I put him on the music, but he t- he put me on to certain scenes that I'll never forget about. And he is in his own way legendary. On that note, I think we covered everything, Disciple. Yeah. without giving too
0: much away. We don't want to give the candy store in all the candy way. No. want to give you just a can- little taste of the candy. One more time. Make sure you actually get your copy here at Amazon. What did I do with that Amazon thing? It's a bestseller. Oh my God. And it's already, you know, it's crazy when Disciple announced that he said, I actually got 300 people coming to this sit down that they're doing at the public library the first night, first day. And, you know, that says a lot because this is not a book, you know, it's a Nietzsche book. It's a special book. It's a book that is a scene that yes, house music is massive, right? House music is everything. House music has metamorphosized in so many different ways. Okay, different genres, different things, different tribal house, Afro house, happy house, handbag house, super house, funky house, soulful house, and on and on and on and on. But I will say this, the struggle is real. Trust the struggle is real I know I mean it's real it's hard when you love something so much and you do it with so much passion and I know a lot of brothers and sisters can't make any money with it and then there's others that feast with doing very little and then the other scenes you know it's, it is what it is but you know in faith Keep prayer and faith, all of you. Yes,
1: keep your faith alive. Keep your faith alive. And I, you know, I had to stop traveling because, listen, house music can cost you. And some things you never could get back. I'm happy that I chose to stay off the road so that I could be with my daughter, so that I can build that relationship with her and love her. Because house music could be your wife. The studio could be your lover. You might never let it go. But when you have good balance and you make good choices and good decisions, that also counts for something. And you know, right now, I just choose my family and I love house music and I will always commit to it. But, um, you don't know, don't ever stop, disciple. Don't you know what? You still, I'm not gonna
0: stop, but uh, you know what I mean. He, modified, it's place. he modified, he modified himself to go with the times. Yeah, he's gonna touch the UK again. Very soon.
1: I will play for Bobby and Steve as well. Oh, G- yeah, of course. On the 16th, I will be with Bobby and Steve um for their dance for Stevie. And as you know, I, well, I love Stevie. Um, I love Bobby and Steve. They helped me in the UK scene. They helped me with a lot of different places that I've been in my life. And I owe them all the gratitude. But once again, to everybody out there, deep condolences to Tina Turner. We are so sorry that she has left the plane but she has lived an incredible life and inspired every one of us
0: yeah telling you they can't you can't i watched her and it's funny i watched her documentary it's very well done and those also been also uh, during this week talking about books and docs this past saturday night we watched the donna summer documentary too that's a whole other thing from the family's perspective what did you
1: think of that documentary
0: okay From the family's perspective, I thought it was very well done. From the industry standpoint, they left a lot out. Okay. You know, they left a lot out about the DJs that helped break the records, the actual albums themselves, the sequencing. They spoke, and I can understand, the daughter, Brooklyn, and the older daughter, Mimi, really put this thing together. So you're seeing it from the visualization and their eyes. I think, yeah. They're not going to know all the ins and outs of the industry stuff. OK, mm-hmm. so you're getting more of a perspective from a family person than, say, like taking it from a book and breaking it down into the movie. But I still loved it because I'm a big Donna Summer fan, so I couldn't say no to it. I learned a lot of things that she spoke about that from her films that they showed, the re- not reenactments, her films It was pretty, pretty impressive. But, you know, you get people I'm watching on Facebook. They're saying this was not right. This should have been said. I think
1: that it was, I think in my opinion, I think to a certain, if you look deep into it, I think it was cautionary.
0: And, and sad. Cautionary.
1: And not very, sad, but just very cautionary. Because there was things said, things done. That that leads to say, you got to be careful about how you move in this direction. Yeah. You got to be careful about what you say in this direction. You got, you should be able to show this in this direction. So it does give you some cautionary steps as an individual that you need to take in order to become a better person. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can all learn from that. But we also admire the accomplishments and achievements and the things that she's done that no woman has ever done. Be the first one to be on MTV. Oh, first yeah, black first black, black. woman to dance artist yes, to break through.
0: I've said this. Black dance artist on MTV, which was Spandu Ballet and all these white UK groups coming. She pops through. Yes, of course she's iconic. Yes, she's the girl from 1977, 79, 76, 75. We got that. But it's her and not someone manufactured like an ABBA. You know what I'm saying? It It was her. Come on. Like she said, how many What's the odds? And this came from her own mouth. It's a million to one for a black African gospel singing girl to go to Germany, make it in Germany, and be imported
1: like a European import. And What's, it goes back to what we first talked about to, talked about too. Gospel. It's really about it's really about talking about somebody that came from the church, right? One get church, right? They, way, came, church. By, they came from the church. The Sylvester's, the Donna's. And they touched you and they Look gave you that song. You couldn't get it in church, but you got it in here. And they extended that to you, no Hell matter yes. where you came from. Hell yes. Amen. Thank
0: you, <laughs> disciple. Get his book. Get his book and follow him. And also send him some mail. Say to the disciple, we want to see you out more playing around the world. <laughs> Father him. Get him. Make him make him make a make a make a make a clap for this. Make a make a clap. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? He's got to make him come out and make him do his thing because he is magical behind the wheels of steel. He has not lost it. He's still got the energy of an 18 year old. He's crazy. He's nuts. And that's why we love Disciple. Congratulations, my friend. March success. One more time. The beat, the scene, the sound,
1: the recollection.
0: I'm Thank you, Louis like Vega.
1: It. I love Louis Vega for what he's done. And Roger Sanchez and yourself. And Mickey Affleck, I have to say, Mickey Affleck. Where is she? She is that woman. She's coming, y'all. She's coming. She's coming. coming for y'all. She's coming, Mickey <laughs> She's Affleck. It's coming. <laughs> She's coming for y'all. Mickey Nunez is
0: coming. Yeah. <laughs> Get your copy. And thanks again. Next week, we got Terry Spam and Deja Vu. Deja vu. And I
1: played there that. before. I love oh, deja, right. no, you
0: play, no, you deja vu. I know you played Deja vu. And that's what I'm saying. Terry Sparrow wrote something so I saw it, a posting. He said, I was working in Ibiza. Don't tell me about age. Age is a number. I was working 26 hours a day. And of course, it's only 24. And I worked my behind off and with the passion and love, I didn't even feel it because I love so much what we do. So don't come without telling us that we're getting old. We're getting
1: better. Yeah. I mean, I got, I still got videos on YouTube of me DJing a Deja Vu. Yeah, show them everybody. (laughs) And Ho, that's, that's no joke. And they They know know their music. music. They They know their music and Ho. I know. And Leeds. Big shout out to my boy, Tony Walker. You know, looking for him. But big shout out to him, you know what I mean? Me and him, we did crazy things together, obviously, doing a radio show. The first American DJ to do a radio show in the U.K. All on the whole of oh. England. Oh, yes. On and
0: Galaxy. Forget, when the internet was still run by NASA, this man here that I've been talking to today was vlogging. When vlogging wasn't even a thing yet. All right, so he's actually has some very early accomplishments as technology was
1: starting to take hold. If I could just take a second, first of all, after <laughs> I, I, I wrote for Street Sound, it got bought out by Sudo.com in 1997. So I think you have a photo of me and Twilo playing at Twilo. This is why that happened, is because the, the, the DJ Emily and Chris, Dino, Terry, Disciple, yep, Emily. Right, and so basically what we were doing, we were vlogging. I would go, and I have it on YouTube. You would go to YouTube and just see type in DJ Disciple Vlogging, pseudo.com, and I'm the first American to actually vlog overseas on the internet. The first American to do that, doing the Global House shows and doing D- DJ Emily. They had local stuff there, but there was nobody on the internet Shooting themselves overseas and putting it on the internet. I was doing that in 1997 and 1998. And that's not in the book. It shows that I was doing internet stuff, but not that particularly. But you'll see me in the UK, in Spain, in Toronto, Denver, San Francisco. I was vlogging then before they started doing internet vlogging with what you see right now um, on Instagram and things of that nature. So, yeah, I was the first American DJ vlogging. Yeah, that's a tour with Tony Walker back in the days. Yeah, Tony Walker. Yeah. Going so, crazy. And hole yeah. is in that in that list. Well, you, if you put that flyer up again, you'll see that Hole in there. Um yeah, it. there it is.
0: Deja vu. Yeah. May 1st at yesterday's. <laughs> oh my god. Garage City, mm-hmm. Bar Rumba, Fandango, Lakota, Bristol, Coach. In Bambridge. I mean, it, you know, this man
1: played, like I said, city to city. He didn't miss so I I will always love the UK. They will always have my heart. I will always love the UK. I love Alex Lowe. I love Mad John. I love all those guys. Um, Even the resident DJs, the Miles and Elliot's from Hard Times, the Stephen Reigns. All of those guys I will always forever love. I love the residents just as much as I love the scene and the music that they, they broke. Because they knew how to cultivate and break music for their audiences and make them anthems. So I'm always going to be grateful to the UK. Like I said, all of us would not have the careers
0: we all have or had. If it
1: wasn't for the UK. If
0: it wasn't for the UK. And okay. on that note, we'll see you all next week. Get, get this man's book. That'll stay be- with us, disciple. One second, stay with us. Remember takes passion and heart and a dream to bring something to print. And I got to give him a lot of credit because it takes a lot of time. You got to dedicate yourself to sit down and write. And he's been writing a long time. But he, you know what? I remember him saying, I'm writing a book. And I just said, good luck. Congratulations. And when the book came in the mail, I was totally blown away and impressed. And on that note, good night, everyone around the world. See you all next week. Peace.